What's good, y'all? It's your man DJ Playboy back with another episode of The Perfect Talk Podcast. I am in the building with my favorite people on earth. What? They have finally squashed their beef. There's no more beef. They can record a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> they can be in the same room. To my left, I got the homegirl, A.O. Niche. Yo, you got you got me and Keith sounding like, you know what I'm saying, blood and crip real quick. like Word. Martin and Gino over Word. here. We got to <laughs> shoot scenes in different rooms. <laughs> Is that why we recording remotely? Is that yeah. something I should know? <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, yo, where, where, where y'all at? Well, no problem. But how you doing, Nish? Yo, I'm doing all right. You know what I'm saying? It's been wild, busy. Hey, yo, and that's the gospel, man. Just pushing, pushing through, keeping it lit, live. Nice new month. It's yeah. March. Happy March to you. Women's month. Nice, nice. Shit, shit. Where Russell Wilson at when you need him, man? <laughs> <laughs> and to my right is my right hand man, my partner in crime, my dog Keith. Yes, I am. What it do, y'all? It's your boy Keith. <laughs> Girl, scream like I'm Keith. Yeah, I'm done. Shout out to the shout out to the Keith drop by Craig Mack, man. Rest in peace to Craig Mack. You know what yeah. I mean? We lost a, 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 a I don't know if I want to say a staple in hip hop or even a hip hop legend, but definitely a dude that made a, a very good song, and then the remix to it was pretty dope too. So like, for ah. that alone, honestly, <laughs> for that for that song to have that much staying power, dog, you uh you did your thing. So shout out to Craig Mack, man. Puff invented the remix, but Craig Mack revolutionized stretching the shit out of that remix. <laughs> like he made that shit. Like he made the one song, and then he flipped it over and over. It was insane. I wonder if he felt the type of way. Like, how come y'all don't ever play the original to this? Why is it? <laughs> Why do we always have to have the posse cut remix on? on but shit, he don't care. Right? He's getting money anyway. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what his bad boy deal is like? Yeah, but wait, rest in peace. Forty-six years old, heart failure, man. It really makes you think about your mortality. Make you think about your health. He's not much older than us. Yeah. No, not at all. And from what I hear, well, he wasn't really living like the rapper lifestyle anymore. But the rapper lifestyle could be very dangerous. You know what I mean? You see a, a few uh, rappers go before they time. The rapper lifestyle um, can be very dangerous. Rapper lifestyle. <laughs> well, look at Rick Ross. He just, he just, shout to him. He's uh, on the road to recovery, it seems like. But, you know what I mean? He, he's he's had a few hospital visits already. Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? Um, we lost Fife from Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, it's real. So it's, it's, yeah. It's dangerous out there, but you know what I mean? Shout out to everybody out there. Oh, no. Uh, shout out to everybody out in Florida. I believe that was uh, Florida International University, or uh, FIU, um, with the bridge. You guys see that? The pedestrian bridge collapsed? Yeah, man. When I was last looking at it, they said it's like uh, at least six injuries so far, or casualties, whatever. I'm not oh, too sure. What? They Back say they say that at least uh, uh, CNN reports there's at least six deaths so far. They said um, one body has been recovered and as of this morning. Uh, today today being Friday, as of this morning, the they have uh, was like five bodies still trapped underneath the rubble. So uh, it's deep out there. Oh oh, so they're still recovering bodies and stuff, trying to get people. Yeah, out? because Crazy, the bridge yeah. fell on a bunch of cars. That when the bridge fell, it was at a red light. You know what I'm saying? So it's not mm. like people were driving. It wasn't in the stream of traffic where it, it may have affected like a couple cars. Like actually fell on top of a couple cars because they passed at the wrong time. But it was like 
the cars were just sit, sitting there, you know what I'm saying? And the, yeah. the rubble fell, and there's tons and tons of material because this is the, this is some pedestrian bridge. They were boasting about all these space age materials that they were using, and that is built to to withstand the Category Five Florida hurricanes. So. Mm. So this doesn't look like foul play. They don't think it's like a terrorism act. They think this is just like someone fucked the math up. Like, yeah, I haven't heard anything about foul play, but oh, at damn. the press conference, the the director of Miami Dade PD was saying that they got the homicide detectives on it. So I guess they'll investigate it and give a definitive conclusion. But uh, I don't think anybody's mentioned terrorism yet. So mm. damn. Yeah, that's, that's some well, thick uh, shit. You know, uh, rest in peace to all the people and uh, definitely speedy recovery yeah. to the, those that are injured out there. To all the families. Um, yeah, you just never imagine a bridge just, just dropping exactly. like that. That's just, a like, new one. Insane. Yeah, of all things. And and construction was completed. I've heard conflicting stories if construction was completed or it was still going on. Um, But either way, you know what I mean? That is that is terrible of a situation to happen. And I guess continuing on with... um. You know, I mean, the the trifecta of terrible news that we starting off this podcast with is like it's a, the one month anniversary of the uh, shooting in Florida, Parkland, Florida, um, and actually video surfaced of the security guard at that shooting um, at Marjorie Douglas Stoneman High School, um, just actually standing outside during the shooting. You could hear the shots in the background, and who did that? I don't even know. I haven't heard anything yet of who was actually videotaping him. I'm assuming it was like a student or just somebody walking by, like, yo, this looks wild that he's standing out here. There's a few but, videos. Um, so recently the um a judge approved approved releasing the surveillance photos for public consumption. So that okay. just that just hit the media. So basically this was this was just a bunch of security cameras on the grounds of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And it was just oh, capturing okay. capturing the the um they call it like a, I think they call it a school resource officer, but it's basically like basically like the sheriff has an armed person there on the grounds of the school, protecting the grounds of the school, and it shows the, it shows him not entering the building. But I think that was well established. I think he was out there for like twenty minutes. He never went inside the building. He started off at one spot. I guess he heard the noise. They show him and the they have like a civilian kind of like um watchman i'm not sure what to call it but like a, like a a civilian person there that's not armed not meant to like get hands on but like they see something then they'll say something like they they're the monitor mm-hmm. so it just shows him they get in the golf cart they go to some other building but they never really enter or he never enters it's really it's really his job to enter and engage the um the shooter so that's what that's where we at that's that's the video right there so yeah, I've heard a lot of mention that okay, well he's armed and um he's armed and equipped for the situation. But does he like like does he wear an armor? Or they do they like do that job wearing body armor? Is he equipped to that? I, I haven't heard any mention of that cuz this is a person inside the building with um I believe it was an AR15 mm-hmm. um letting off rounds, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, he has a handgun compared to an AR-15. I guess what I'm really trying to say here is I, I don't personally think I would go in that building, but I also know for a fact I wouldn't do that job right. for that reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not that person to, to do that. Um, I, I go the opposite way when shots get fired. So um, I can't really sit here and roast them, but also it's like, because like, one, that's your job, you know what I mean? And if it was 
if it was something else like somebody getting stabbed, if it was somebody maybe even getting shot with a handgun, then I probably would be like would be able to roast them. But I don't know what I would necessarily do. I can't sit here and say, oh, I would have ran in that building and and this that, right. and the third. That's a real life situation. You know what I'm saying? That's a real. He probably life. never thought he'd be in. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for him, it's he's in a, a tough position because he did what he or he didn't do what he he was supposed to do arguably, and it's out there for everyone to see. So now you get the armchair quarterbacks. I'm guessing yeah, he, was exactly. su- he was supposed to engage in some way. It's not guaranteed that he would have helped, but I'm sure that, you know, the 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 um, shooter would have had a tougher time if he had some returning fire from the, co- from the sheriff. Hey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but to your point, like – you know, people act like it's easy. Like, yeah, if I was a sheriff, I would have jumped right in there. No, you wouldn't. Like, the, the the training, it goes beyond the weapons training and the tactical training. It goes really to, like, that mental fortitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, soldiers, when they hear danger or hear somebody that they're supposed to be protecting, out there, they run towards it. You know what I'm saying? Where our nature, our instinct is to to run away. You hear a gun firing off, like your instinct is to run away. Like if instinct took right. over, you would be out. Well, that flighter, that flighter fight is real. You know what I'm saying? And and you yeah. only have a split second to really make that decision. And I mean, if he's trained at least a little bit to, you know, recognize what kind of gun it was. I mean, he didn't know how many shooters were. In, well, I don't know if he knew how many shooters were in the building. I mean, there's there's a lot of information that we a, a video leaves out. You know, like we only see a piece. Instead of the hole, so you know, they'll probably he'll probably end up getting interviewed and stuff like that. Uh, He's definitely gotta be smart, you know. Well, in an investigation, he'll definitely be interviewed. But um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he they 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 put it, they suspended him. He resigned and he ultimately retired. And I think that rightfully or wrongfully he's being made a scapegoat so i don't know if he deserves to be a scapegoat but i definitely mm-hmm. know that the sheriff's department um who's headed by the sheriff who is an elected official by the way he's not appointed or um, he's not you know uh given somebody this, this job <laughs> right now he, uh, he runs he's he's a politician pretty much so the sheriff they put this thing out along with a statement pretty much saying that, yeah, just like we said before, this dude did not go in. He's one, pretty much he's one of the bad ones, and this shouldn't reflect what the entire department is like. So that, that's where I'm and at. So they it. did the total opposite of when it's a wrongful uh, <laughs> when it's a wrongful shooting and they defend the cops right away? They were like, oh, no, this, we dropped this nigga flag. We just jumped him out the gang. Like, he ain't part that's of exa- this. Yeah, that, I don't represent us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like if this... Like, for instance, if he went in, like, let's say some black dude was just walking by and he said, hey, and shot shot the shit out of him, they probably would be like, well, we're investigating and, you know, this the suspect was a threat and we're investigating and we'll get to the bottom of it. He did everything by procedure. Yeah, and all that stuff. (laughs) He did everything by procedure, so don't jump to conclusions. But this one, we're not sure if he did everything to procedure. He had no backup. Um, He didn't really know the situation. He heard machine gun fire. And, uh, uh, and you know, but now so they say, yo, it's, it's that dude. Like, that dude did it. Wait, though, so, so do y'all think if there was no video surface that, like, none of that really would have went down, probably would have kept his job, everything would have Well, it seems like people out. seen him because, like, people actually seen him outside before the video even surfaced. So mm-hmm. I'm sure someone would have had, like, yo, I seen, the, I seen the cop, you know what I mean? My, my friend passed away, and I seen this cop outside chilling, just pointing at the building. So I'm sure... 
But that would have been harder to prove, you know what I mean? Video makes everything worse. Yeah. Um, you may have been suspended with pay or forced to resign or retire instead of being suspended yeah. without pay and then getting mm-hmm. pressed, I think, if there was no video out. It also, too, like, I feel like uh, where we stand, where we get upset with a cop being startled in, in, the, in maybe an urban neighborhood and um, shooting a person wrongfully, you're like, oh, well, you know, you should have been trained to work in that neighborhood. Why are you working there if you're afraid of all the people? Um, so this is like the total opposite. Like, a person waking up and knowing that they have to work in, in a bad neighborhood, they can mentally prepare themselves from the moment they wake up to the moment they get to work. All right, I'm about to walk into what I perceive to be a war zone. Let me get ready. He was probably chilling. Like, this is never going to happen at this school. Like, you know what I mean? Not, not that he should have with, with what goes on in our country. He probably should have been the opposite. But I can remember how friendly I was with the security guards in my high school. They seemed like they was chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then at the most, what, they have to, like, act serious when a fight starts. You know what I mean? And, and, and go break it up. And But for the most part, they're chilling for the most part of their day. So I don't think they're mentally thinking, yo, it's going down like that. And, his, like, Nish said, his fight or flight took control. And he's like... I can't run into a building, you know what I'm saying, unless, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if maybe one of his kids were in there or somebody that he, that he did, but for what yeah. he stood in that moment, that he didn't think that was the real. Yeah, because yeah, he like doesn't that, work for know? the school. He works for the sheriff's department. He was just assigned to that school. Mm. Yeah, it might have even been different there. Like I said, if he had more years in that school or he got a, a personal attachment with some of the kids or something like that, he might have, like, thought differently, but at that moment... And I can't say that I would do differently. The only thing I couldn't say de- definitively is I would not take that job. I, I don't want any job where I possibly uh, might have to shoot back at somebody shooting at me. So it's 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 a scary situation. But um, Man, you just never know. That's yeah, that's what it all boils down to. And I, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I I didn't um get a chance to really see the video, but that's just a delicate situation, you know? And I, but I feel, I feel, and I understand where both parties are coming from, you know, with respect to what he should have did, what he didn't do. Like, you know, that's his job, that's his responsibility. But, you know, like that's a situation that just, (laughs) you don't, you don't practice every day. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't practice and do a drill for that type of situation every day. With handling kids verbally and stuff like that. Yeah, altercations. Okay, might have a little little drugs here and there, but nah, dogs. We ain't thinking that someone coming through to the school dumping rounds like that. Like, but the ironic part is that people look at you perceiving the perceived notion that you do you are trained for that. Man. You are coming to work every day, ready for that. But it's reality versus perception. Exactly. Um, in in lighter news, I want to switch it to uh my WCW every Wednesday, Michelle Obama. I don't know if y'all uh, seen the video of her with a, a young lady, a little two-year-old fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was completely enamored by the portrait of Michelle Obama. And she was standing and, there and all. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Michelle went out her way, had a little dance party with the young lady. Yeah. They danced with some Taylor Swift, which no, ain't nothing wrong with that. Wait, I thought you know I, mean? I she, thought Amanda Seals was your woman crush Wednesday. Cause I, or was that Keith oh, that put up? Oh, see? I, I'm calling see, it out. You, should, you, should, I'm calling you didn't it see out. my first one. See <laughs> how they want to hop on Plicka? Oh, Plicka love the light-skinned girls, right? Yeah. No. Nah, I see. It, <laughs> he made it a race <laughs> Let's thing. get it right. Yo, yo. <laughs> yo, Keith. Let's get he, it right. Michelle Obama was yo. my original dub C dub. Wait, wait. Keith, did he just make <laughs> it a race thing? Light-skinned black, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you want. No, nah, it ain't you. It's, <laughs> it's the backlash that I'm getting from from the streets. Oh, tell him why you yeah, some, tell Somebody pressed him saying that he he's into colorism. He'd be favoring light-skinned girls. 
no, I, I no, I love all colors. I love purple, green, red, blue, but mostly that. yellow and white. Michelle Obama's my dub C dub every Wednesday. Well, I mean, let's and go especially, especially this Wednesday. Let's go back to how the the little girl came onto her radar. How did it was a video that surfaced of her um, seeing the the portrait, right? It was a uh, it was a photo. We spoke about it a, it a few. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. It was, okay. It was, it was a photo. photo of the girl just admiring in complete awe of the Michelle Obama's portrait, that new one that that was uh, finished up a few weeks ago. Yeah, we spoke about it a few episodes ago on, on the podcast. That exactly, might have been planned, yeah. though. That might have been planned because a lot of people on some G, it looked like mad people were for Obama's portrait, and then no one really cared for. Um, you know what I'm saying? Michelle's like that. You know, so it's like, yo, I don't... But no, nah, I couldn't have been... I don't know. You never know. What you mean? You feel, you feel like Michelle put this out there? No, nah, not Michelle. <laughs> like, not Michelle. <laughs> Michelle get her, she get her bow out. Or even oh, worse, no. maybe the Russians. <laughs> 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 Trump did it. <laughs> Trump. I'm just saying, like, you know... Uh, that's when you well, he's well, well, he's he's the president of the United States. He's the first black president. I feel like he's always gonna be more a little more popular, in the sense. Like, and then also their pictures aren't exactly identical. Exactly. So I mean, you know what I mean. You could like one thing about Barack's yeah, picture I'm maybe not, a little bit more. I'm not saying that those are my sentiments towards it. I'm just saying like in reading it, that was the whole the whole thing. So now out of nowhere, something done popped up. You know what I mean? That's 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 my conspiracy theory type action picking up. You know what I mean? That's my. You're not low, Michelle. You're yeah. not low. <laughs> now, I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't subscribe to that that particular theory, but I would say that yeah. um, the, all Keith, the interest- I ain't with you, but I feel <laughs> Let me separate I- myself from that view right there. <laughs> My nah, name I mean, is I Keith, just- and I do not approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I just wanted to establish that up front. But um, <laughs> Barack Obama is, an ex- is a former president. He's a historical president. He's a landmark president. Michelle Obama, just as important as the first, as the former first lady, but there's a certain Barack Obama has a wider appeal in American life because he was a president, so he's he's a part of history, part of African American history. Uh, he was pretty young and pretty quote unquote hip, so he's part of cultural history. Michelle Obama is mostly cultural and a little bit of history and a little bit of American history. You know what I'm saying? She's the first African American first lady, but that's not as powerful as being the first African-American president, you know what I'm saying? So I can see why Barack Obama, he's the real star of the show. And I think she knows that as far as history and public life goes. But people, yeah. so you, I saw a lot of Michelle in some of the lifestyle publications. Like I would see her in Essence and and them talk about her in, on um, like Refinery29 and stuff like that. But maybe in the broad media, I didn't see much of um, oh, um, Barack Obama. Excuse me, of Michelle Obama in the broad media, and I saw more Barack, but um, yeah, she's, she plays she's her totally, she plays her role. Yeah, she plays her role, like, and she plays it well. She she exactly she, she did what she was supposed to do for America. She cared for the kids. She was a, a, yeah. a good face. She was a moral a moral um, role model. But yeah, as far as that. as far as the little girl, so the, there was a picture of a little girl in total awe of the portrait in the National Portrait Museum in Washington D.C. And the picture made us rounds. Michelle got wind of it and met the girl. Had and that's where um, then Plicka came up with the at the point where he started off with the dance party. But um, I think it's real because I think kids even nowadays, even though they see more more positive Im- images and more powerful images of African Americans, 
than I did when I was a kid, there's Word. still there's still a lack of them. You know what I'm saying? If you put the, the the math and looked at it, it's still lacking in those positive images. And to see well, a black forever. person, yeah, Wakanda exactly. And if you look at all the <laughs> Smithsonian things, aside from the the um the the museum for what is this African American history and culture, all those a lot of those museums is a lot of white faces. When you look at the portraiture and all that stuff, lots and lots of white faces. So then you see this black woman there painted in a style that's very it's, it's very fantastic elegant man yeah it's elegant and it's very fantastic like it's not I don't, i'm not an art buff but you know i wouldn't say it's based in realism nah, though, although not. it's a portrait so it doesn't have real skin tones and stuff it has this humongous dress with shapes on it and stuff and um she I came think off I, man i think it's, a, it's amazing for me as an adult to see but as a child, just to, to stare at that, but like, yo, what is that? And it's a lady. It's insane. Or somebody that looks kind of like her mom. I think yeah. I think uh, I could see how a young child, a young black child, would be would be in awe by that. So I don't, and I don't know if that kid's much of an actor. She doesn't strike me to be a great performer. So that's why I didn't I, I, I didn't think. Yeah, it was you a hating plant. on the kid. You hate. She, it's a little baby. Like it's a little baby. I'm like, not hating on the kid. No, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm, I don't approve. I'm, I'm, I'm keep saying he, he don't think it's fake. He, right. Nah. He's saying the kid, the kid seemed genuine. No, no, no. Yeah, I did. I'm just, I'm just trying to come at it from you know. Wait, real, real quick though, who, who would win in a public opinion challenge? You think between Michelle Obama and Beyonce? Like if we, if we had like a, a black woman final four for like March, like you know what I'm saying? Who's, who's coming out? Who's coming out of that? That's easy, Michelle you know, who, Obama. Who's in the final four? You think Michelle over Beyonce? For me, yeah. yeah. I think there's no contest. Who's, right, so, so, so who's the final four? Like we got Michelle. You got Oprah, you got Beyonce. Beyonce. And who's the fourth? Monique? Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> really, Lenard? Now call you Lenard. Really? Now? <laughs> I'm saying she's fighting for the Monique culture. As one little Cinderella story, she just came out the, the brackets like on some old, that's like fucking, <laughs> that's State University of New <laughs> York at Buffalo. International University. State University of New Word. York at Buffalo making it to the, the what's it called? The eight? The Elite Sweet eight. 16 and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But the fourth That's, one, no. uh, maybe Ava DuVernay, given uh, given our times. Yeah, she's fire. And you know who else I bang with too? Angela Rye. Yeah, a- Angela Rye is cool too. She wouldn't make it to the final four, but definitely. Sweet if I 16. if I had to do a starting, yeah, I have, if I had to do if I had like a starting five, I would have to throw an- like Angela Rye into the into the mix. If I had like a team. Oh, definitely, she's, she's a scrappy dope. young yeah. point guard. Yeah, doing the big <laughs> So scrappy she dates Common. She dates Common. I'm a Common fan. So nah, they're not together no more. No, damn. Yeah, damn, I read that. They Com- was like, you know, Common moves on quick. Com- Common moves on quick, brother. Yeah, that's yeah, funny, like, yo, kid. You gotta catch. Stay friends. Com- Common with all his his koofy raps. I be think you would think that this dude would be locked down, but you know, because like he even mentioned Serena Williams Williams in his book. A few years ago when they were together, clearly not recently, but mm. I forgot. I, I say Shonda Rhimes. I gotta put Shonda Rhimes oh, in my yeah, like yeah, yeah. final Shonda four. Rhymes yeah, yeah, she, she big for yeah, big for the yeah, 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 yeah. She definitely has because the thing about Shonda Rhimes is just painting that platform to really put others, you know, what I'm saying on top of there real quick. Yeah, I think I, Shonda Rhimes is definitely she in there. Wait, real quick, Keith. What a, Ava Du Duvernay? I'm hoping I pronounced that right. What is she? Um, <laughs> she's a name? director, right? Yeah, oh. director. 
you do nothing great direct. for your, your case against racism when you can't pronounce black yeah. names. Now I'm fucking with you. Yeah. Duvernay? That should sound <laughs> French, like, first of all. What do you mean? How, how, how do I pronounce that man? Dover? He, said, wait, he said, wait, is it a baguette or a baguette? <laughs> <laughs> Beignet? Oh, can I just say croissant? <laughs> <laughs> Remember the dude who painted Obama's uh, Barack Obama's portrait? He he had problems yeah. pronouncing that. But he's like, man, oh, yeah. well, I had problems pronouncing. I had problems pronouncing six lakh. Also, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why don't you try hosting the show? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, damn man, why don't we do a show about Bradley Cooper? Shit. shit, make it easy for me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now what is she? Uh, what is she famous for? She's a director, and she did um Selma. She d- did the Wrinkle in Time. I mean, I didn't hear oh, yeah. great reviews on the movie, but. It's super important for the culture. She did 13th yeah, Amendment. Oh, Queen. She the, does Queen Sugar. She does Queen yes, Sugar. Yes, she did the 13th. Okay, you're coming around. You're coming around. You got a couple points back there, play. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that's Keith's vote. I'm 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 Shonda Rhimes. For mine. Well, no, nah, with respect to you, you know what I'm saying, actually knowing some of the work, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I had to, uh, he said the name, and I knew I heard it before, and I was like, all right, where is it? Where do I know that name from? Yeah, she got a, she got a DC movie coming out, too. Superhero movie. That's up. We taking over, yeah. She lit. They they're actually um I don't know if we said this on the last on the last podcast, but they're doing um kind of like a woman army or whatever, uh some type of a film with Lupita and Angela Bassett playing her moms. Is it a spinoff? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a spinoff, but. Gotcha. I mean, it would make sense, you know, if it it was. Is it a Marvel movie or is just like some kind of action movie? Do you know? Honestly, no. Oh, because in in Black Damn Panther, Bernard. <laughs> in Black Panther, are you gonna Panther, come up here and not do your do your research, Leonard? <laughs> in Black Panther, spoiler spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, Angela Bassett ends up being Lupita's mother-in-law. So it's not too far fetched oh, for you know, the Nah. You know, it's, um, yeah, speaking nah, of spoiler absolutely. alerts, I finally seen Get Out, and like I, I almost seen it early enough for Keith not to spoil it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't even get mad at him because I seen it so late. But uh, it was a good movie nonetheless. I like it. I'm gonna start doing a, a, a segment on the the podcast called like old ass reviews. So like, uh, Get Out gets two thumbs up for me. Next week I'll be watching Creed, straight out of Compton. So I'll give y'all my reviews on that. But uh, as at the moment, what the fuck? I have not seen Black <laughs> Black Black Panther as of yet. Uh, then the week after uh, that, right. we're gonna review Short Circuit too, and then uh, after that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golden Child. This <laughs> is shit. Then after nah, that, but, uh, real talk though, I, I stopped I stopped banging with movies for a while, but I'm about to get back into heavy. You know, even on your podcast. You've been on your like yeah, you do more like you said too, like the podcast and. Um, yeah, because podcasts, you could do everything while, while listening to a podcast. You could clean your crib, you could work out, you could drive to the gym, drive from the gym, listen to it while you work out. So it's uh, I'm a podcast guy heavy. But but movies are good for my creativity. It's always good to watch another um, thing. I, I guess my preferred viewing thing would be television shows, though, you know what I mean? Because I got short amount of time, so I'm going to watch like a half hour or hour TV show and get back to what I'm doing. But um, y'all, y'all checked out anything new on television lately? On the Netflix, maybe? Man, the I was... Uh... I got. I had a chance to watch uh, Seven Seconds. With um, how's that? You know what? It was. It was. It was all right. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't. What like is that? It was, what is Seven uh, Seconds on? Seven Seconds Netflix. is on Netflix. Oh, Netflix? It's with okay. um, 
what's what's Riley? <laughs> I'm mad I call her Riley. That joint is mad funny, but uh, what's uh shorty name? Shorty that does the um. Boondocks. Yeah. Regina King. Regina, Regina King. Yes. And um, she was on there. She played the mother of a teenager who um was involved in a hit and run by police officers who tried to cover it up. So, and then he ended up dying, and, um, you know, it, it just it's turned a into a TV this, show or a movie? Um, it was on, it's a series on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, so, and, um, you know, just the whole thing with crooked cops and all of that, trying to say he was gang-related. You know, dealt with, like, a lot of things today um, happening that are more prominent. So, it was cool. It wasn't like it was, uh, oh, my gosh, I got to watch this. Nah, it was, it was what it was. She stay working too. Yeah, I Regina King. Her being on like a yeah, yeah she's an amazing yeah, actress. Yeah, I think with her, like she does her. She she directs and stuff too. So, um, since two two seven too, she been grinding. Oh Empire. word, she was in two two seven. Yeah, <laughs> getting that money. <laughs> I like how people come to the which, which, which I just seen recently too. Two two seven. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> oh. Wait, real quick, real quick. Let me bring it back for y'all though. When I was talking about the um the woman king. It's with Viola Davis and Lupita. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. Not no. Angela Bassett. I have my queens mixed up. You feel me? They still no, no. Shiny, Viola though. Davis, for some reason, I, I, I sometimes I forget about her, too, when I'm thinking about other actresses. How come? She definitely goes hard. How come? Does it have something to do with her skin tone? <laughs> 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 I'm the Oscars too white right now. <laughs> well, yo, those are two, those are two actresses, um, Oscar winners. By the way, the first time I saw Viola Davis, I saw her on Broadway. I forgot what what um, play Denzel was starring in, but you know he's gonna be a big draw. Fences. Uh, Fences. Fences. Yes, yes, yes. So I saw Fences on Broadway, and how was you know, that? Which one on Broadway or the movie? On Broadway, I didn't really like the movie no. was. Uh... Well, both were pretty good. You seen the movie? Yeah. You seen the movie? I seen, I seen pieces of it. You know what I mean? Like I was watching it, then I was just like, nah. Then I went back to watching it. Yeah. How was the play? Keith? So I'll say that. Some, well. I mean, some movies, the way I see plays that get adapted to, for the screen, you could either completely change the the, um, the script around and make it into a, a complete screen thing, or you could keep some of the, the things, the instruments or little things from the play, from the stage play, and put them on the screen. I think that uh, for Fences, they did that. The Denzel direct Fences for the movie, I think he did. But basically, and the fact that he was in the play, maybe he loved a lot of things about the stage play and brought it to the screen because it was very reminiscent as far as the blocking and the angles and how they how they um, behaved and stuff like that. It reminds me of looking at Tyler Perry's uh, first few movies. It reminded me a lot of his plays. And if you ha- if you like the plays and you have in mind that, yo, this came from the stage, I feel like you, you could appreciate the movie a little bit more. But anyway, stage play was incredible. The first thing I, I I thought I'm looking at them act, I'm like, yo, I, I really like Denzel. I've always liked Denzel. He's an amazing actor. But I'm like, yo, this lady here opposite him, bananas. I've never seen anybody yeah. act like that. Like you felt every line. She's like, lit. She's when lit. she comes I'm... when she comes out, like she's the Russell Westbrook of acting of of um drama. It like she's act- out there dropping triple doubles on stage. Yo, just every every. Every drive to the basket's a tomahawk dunk. Like when she came out there, <laughs> it was just emotion. You felt everything. Spoiler, yeah. alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. When he, when she found out that um 
that her husband had an outside baby. Like you felt in the movie, you felt it too. Like and I cried like little thug tears. I went, I went to the um the stage play. <laughs> Yo, make sure you cue the music in the back, man. <laughs> Yo, it was like little. <laughs> I can't believe they coming down my eyes. Yo, I, <laughs> I shed a tear. Um. Yeah, man, the movie, She was amazing in both the movie and the stage play, but I didn't know her for the stage play, so I didn't I have didn't know that she bias. Was a part of that. I didn't huh? know she was a part of the stage play. Yeah, they they brought they yeah the um the 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 chubby dude who played like his OG friend with the red hair like that red dude. Yeah, he was a he part was of it too. He was in the stage play. Yeah. Uh, Did uh, uh, LeBron have something to do with the production offenses? Was he like a part of the movie or his? his... No, the movie. Uh, Is his production team part of that? His, uh, I have no idea. Uh, I didn't hear anything about it, but maybe it didn't matter. It was insignificant. I don't know. Maybe he tossed some yeah. some bread in there. I have no. You ever seen um, Viola Davis's show, How to Get Away with Murder? Yeah, she's lit on there. They recently um, How to Get Away with Murder, and yo, Shonda Rhimes is fire. Shonda, they took How to Get Away with Murder and. Um, Brought Scandal? Olivia Pope on, yeah. Oh, like, they had the like a little conversation, like a black, like uh, two black women. Yes. Discussing because they're not on friendly terms. I don't follow either show, but um, I did hear the big news about that scene when they they appeared together. Yeah, that's, dope. that's like in the comic books when they get two characters from like. The, yeah, but know, that that scene was heroes, that yeah. scene was real powerful because it's like they read each other and they you know what I'm saying it included like the different stereotypes of just like you know. Having like a, um, uh, even with the colorism, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just yeah. a lot going on all in the scene, and it, it's really good. It's really dope. Shonda Rhimes is amazing. She's yeah. amazing. But, I can um, see why you guys got her. <laughs> well, not you guys. I wouldn't have put Shonda Rhimes. I put Ava DuVernay. But um, yeah, as far as what I'm watching, so I saw this movie with my with my um, wife, A Replaceable You. And it's on Netflix. The movie is trash, but my wife cried. It's about some lady with cancer that's trying to um, hook <laughs> Those thug tears held back? He tried to pass it on to Word. the next person. He's like, I wasn't crying this time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shoot. Nah, because the movie was garbage. I couldn't connect to it. So um, this girl's cry, uh, dying of cancer, and she's trying to find, like, the next, her, her husband's next girlfriend or mate or whatever, like, so it could be easier on him. It was just trash. And then yeah, that sounds like a wild, wild plot. Yeah, it, it was. It's a. It's a it, it, was, it was. It's a white movie. Is it a white movie? Yeah, white characters or is it a? Was it black? All black characters? Um. Well, it's a biracial. It's a um mixed race couple. Oh, gotcha, so okay. the woman was black and the and the man was white, and uh, actually Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta, the guy who plays Paperboy, he's in there. He plays the best friend role. So yeah, no, she. Uh, we definitely should do like a a little bracket, oh. like a little. And it's Women's Month too. It's March, and it's March Madness. Like yeah, a, real uh, quick, Flint Flint Town on Netflix. Big things there. I definitely recommend that. Okay, docu series yeah. about Flint cops. Why? Oh, okay. Why should we watch it though? Tell us why. Yeah, thirty seconds. Why should? Yeah, why should we watch it? Yo, it's like, it's like the the wires, like season. It's like it reminds me of like season. Two of the wire in documentary form. So season two was often slept on because it was kind of a a, a far like a departure away from like what people were used to in season one, but it was still a solid season. 
and it just follows yeah. the cops. It's not the Russell Westbrook of uh, of Wire Seasons, though, Wire t- uh, Season 2. Nah, it's, well, it's uh, more sort of Chris Paul of Wire Seasons. Like, it, 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 you win. Like, it was a butter season. You just can't put your finger on it. They going through the Greek gangsters or whatever it was. The, um, I forgot what country they were from, but they're like Eastern European gangsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Flint Town, Love is Back, Season 3. I finished that. I knocked that one out in, uh, in one weekend. That shit was nice. butter. Nice. Yeah, I got to get <laughs> on that. I got to get on that. Yeah, I won't even put no spoilers in there, but something big happens at the end of the season. It was an amazing season because we're used to the, we're used to them going from, from highs to complete disaster, but this one was, a, to me, was a, just a lot more interesting because the pre- previous two seasons, it would just be like, all right, well, they're doing good, but then she drugs yeah, or sex or so addictions mess things yeah. up. And he and he forgives her, and then they go back to up to another high in their relationship. But this one <laughs> was more regular, like it's more steady. But you see highs and lows with other relationships, yeah. just things going on in their world. So that was another one. And finally, wait. the big what? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say. No, I seen the um. I saw. I started watching like the first episode. You know what I mean? Like, not to give it away, but, like, when they first went on that little trip together, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ever, have you ever had that, though? Like, when you're, you and your significant other or whatever, and, you know, you got another couple that you don't really like hanging out with, but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I. People have been funny, man. That whole episode was funny. Yeah, That's the show was good. The show was good, good like that. And as far as what they do with the, um, how they handle time elapsing, so they did, they do something similar to, what Breaking Bad did. So what that means is that, let's say a season ends today and a year later the season comes back. They don't make a year pass by three over three seasons and three years of this show. Um, somewhere between five and eight months has passed by. See what I'm saying? So instead of like yeah. five years passing by, they fast forward in time. Like they so make time move like real slow. Yeah, yeah. So Breaking Bad did dope. that. Yeah, Breaking Bad. I think the whole series lasted in the it lasted six seasons or something like that. And the whole series yeah. might have been a year or two. It was ill, though. Like, just that scene, like, the that whole episode, you know, it pretty much, just to give you guys a quick, you know, run. I know, Keith, you watched it, but on play, like, they had, and I only, I only, I didn't watch the whole thing, but pretty much there was a couple that they hang out with that, you know, they really didn't want to hang out with, and they ended up going on a road trip with them together. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, sometimes uh-huh. you know how you want to be by yourself, well, who you with, but y'all end up actually, you know, kicking it with that go-to couple. <laughs> like and they do it again this that. season. And they, it's dope. Like, they try, because they trying to they trying to do their thing together and really grow as a couple. And yeah. they, they starting off real hot and heavy. And and, and going, in, the, in these five months, in less than a year, they go through a lot of things that it takes some couples years to go through. So, like, for instance, the double date, where you don't really bang with the other couple like that, but you end up together. Like, I didn't do that until maybe... You know, maybe a year, a year and change into the relationships, doing yeah. double dates and stuff like that. So it, it's dope, like knowing the person's addictions or knowing their demons. Like sometimes you could be with somebody for like two years, three years before you find out demons like addiction and stuff like that. So we've seen the show. We've, um, what's the girl's name? Jeez, I forgot her name. Anyway, the 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 lead Leonard. <laughs> I forgot the I know Gus is the dude but I forgot the um the woman's name but anyway so she her, her demons is out there like out on front street we see it all day every day but Gus we barely see his demons but this season we really deal with Gus's demons and it's just dope how, how they do that but 
Um, this is a comedy? The show's a love, comedy? Yeah, it's a comedy. It's a romantic yeah. her comedy name, Her series. name is Mickey. Mickey, yes, yes, yes. So Mickey, yeah. all her demons are out there as far as addiction, sex addiction, the one neat, you know. Yeah, just she a, spilled it out last season, like yeah, she, saying everything. Exactly. Like, you've seen a lot of her demons in season one, but they kind of articulated it and made sense of it in season two. But in season mm. three, she's doing pretty well at dealing with it, but we learn a lot about Gus's demons. And then, and then also the demons of their friends, um, Birdie and... The fat dude who who tends to stay with them. <laughs> Yo, yeah, so weird. that's love. So love is a comedy. It's butters. It's on Netflix. Binge it. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Between that and Master, Master of None has a, a slight leg up on it. Um, yeah, I hope Disease comes back. <laughs> but um, <laughs> love definitely you, bang with it. That's on Netflix. Did you like? Um, you guys get a chance to ever see? Uh, what is it? Friends, friends from college. That's a butter show. That show. Yeah. Yeah, that's starring um, Keegan Michael what's his name? Keegan Michael Key from Key Key, and Peele of Key and Peele fame. Um, That that show is very dope. It's another show that deals with a bunch of relationships and puts it out. Like it's interesting how they do it. It's almost like reading a relationship book, but in comedy form or in script form. Same thing with Easy. Easy's not so comical, but um, Easy, Friends from College and love those are three shows definitely like you'll be like yo that's that same thing happened to me when i was in a relationship and it's not just about if you're in an intimate relationship with a, with a it's with real a relatable yeah even if you're single you can relate to certain joints in there you know what i'm saying so it, it's dope how they do it and i could tell they writing room they they just sitting they banging it out banging out them ideas and really hammering them out and, yeah and making it Easy relate to, yeah and um of course the 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 coup de gras the the finale of shit that I'm watching is the shy big show big things. Oh yeah, I gotta get back on that. I gotta get back on that. Yeah, you need to get back on there because I'm about to spoil the shit out of it. Now I'm fucking with you. Nah, no, 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 no. I'm about to hang up. I don't give a fuck about. I spoil shit out of spite because niggas be taking long to watch shit. So oh shit, I feel like ATL. Um, Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. Robin season. Robin season. Robin season. Yeah, Atlanta's back. Um. Thir- I think Thursday night's episode had me rolling at the end because Atlanta chill, reminds chill, me. Chill, 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 chill. You about to go in? Atlanta reminds me. <laughs> she said, nigga, stop talking. <laughs> Atlanta's <laughs> done with the podcast. Atlanta's comedy reminds me of um, Louis, Louis C.K.'s show on, on FX in that it's not ha-ha ribs bust a gut Martin Lawrence funny. It's more so like just awkward. Like you always feel awkward and it's dark comedy. So. Um, but when the when those ha ha moments come, shit is hilarious. Like it has you rolling. So at the end of Atlanta, uh, this is episode three of ep- season two, episode three, um, that came on this Thursday night, shit had me rolling at the end. I thought I was gonna. Every time he starts talking, I feel like you're gonna spoil. He's like, yeah, well, watch the show. What do you want me to say? Yeah. What do you want me to be cryptic? I, I thought well, he was gonna say. There's a hidden message. Twenty five no, minutes. Twenty five t- minutes in. <laughs> no, uh, no. Well, yeah, it was about thirty-five yo, minutes. Yo, 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 keep, keep, including keep, commercial. It's a thirty-minute episode, and it got commercials and shit. So about twenty-eight minutes in, basically, you know, the the trope of Earn is that like he's just trying to make it, and he, the, you always see hope for him. It's going this nigga good. It's is going really good. Telling the plot. <laughs> so how you want I me to talk really about? I'm not telling you the plot. This is how it goes. This is the arc of Earn's joint. Every episode, something's going good, or every few episodes, something's going good. You see him. You see him getting there, and then something, 
derails him. You know what I'm saying? Like he he does good and something derails him. So in this episode, he's got things are going good. He's derailing. Then it looks like he has hope to come up out of his rut. But then you see that he doesn't he doesn't quite make it. And this is every episode. It's not nothing unique to this episode. So Atlanta, um, and then finally the shy need to get your eyes on that. If you ain't watching that, something's wrong with you. It's the best show on TV this year, period. And uh, I think it's better than Game of Thrones. Show is off the chain. I don't know what it's like to live in Chicago. Don't know anybody from Chicago. But a lot of Chicagoans say that this show is re- it's legit. Like, it's realistic. And just the experiences and the actors. Well, the first time you uh, you brought it up, you were baby, I think episode three, that the first time you spoke about it. How many episodes are you at now? I think um, I just finished episode nine. And then the season, so the not- season finale is coming on next week. Gotcha. So well, you have a little bit more experience with the show. Could you? I guess if I were to give you thirty seconds, why? Why? why no, why don't give him thirty. Don't give him thirty. He, he, he already he used twenty minutes last time. <laughs> we gave him thirty seconds. <laughs> well, y'all yeah. was asking me questions and shit. So, so well, you, well, you asked me to make the case on why people should watch it. Yeah, yeah. You seem really strong, um, passionate said- about the shot. So I just want to really. Oh, know, I sh- uh, oh, what is it well, that you like about that- it? Oh. No, I say I mean now it's coming to the to the to the um end of the season. I think um so first it's black TV, so I just tend to I'm tend to be uh, favorite a little bit more just just readily, but not all black shows I like, you know what I'm saying? I don't like any of Tyler Perry's shows, so um but this show right here, shit is powerful. Not even House of Pain? <laughs> yeah okay with, with, with Mr. Brown nah I'm cool man I'm cool G Money <laughs> or G Money's in there fucking uh, Rudy Huxtable's in one of them shows yep. yeah but um, this show I don't like it's li- like it's it's in the hood so people compare it to The Wire but this show is a little bit different cause it's a little bit light like it shows kids in Chicago just being kids but in the backdrop is the dangers of just being in Southside Chicago you know what I'm saying? So, this they show romance. They show middle class. They they show like the the, the bougie in in the South Side. Cause remember, Barack and Michelle Obama lived in the South. Oh, they, I guess they still have a house in the South Side of Chicago. So, when people think of South Side South Side Chicago, you think about this bang bang shoot 'em up Chief Keef. Nah, that's not all of the South Side of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Just like when people say Compton or Inglewood, they think they think of bang bang shoot 'em up boys in the hood. Same thing. They got a they got a healthy middle class black community out there. So they show a little bit of that. They show the, the drug kingpin. They 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 show all this shit, man. It's they they show the wire type drug shit. They, there's not much death in there, but it's a little bit. And then they show how all this shit overlaps, and that's the important part. That all this shit overlaps. So it's just dope. The acting is dope. I mentioned before Jason Mitchell, um, homeboy that played Easy E, and um. Straight out of Compton, you need to watch that if you if you're late on that. Um, they got the li- little boy who pre- played the um, the youngest part of Homeboy from Moonlight. So you know how they use three different actors for uh, Moonlight to show that character mm-hmm. aging. So they they got the youngest one. So that kid is in there. Um, Common is in there. It's just dope, man. Yeah, y'all need to see it. Nah, right, Duffy, go check that out. It's uh Keith. Keith usually gets very good recommendations, so if, if it's Keith approved, yeah, you y'all definitely want, do. I want to check that out. It's Keith certified, man. I don't recommend it unless. So I told you that irreplaceable, um, irre- irreplaceable, you are shitty. Do if it's on your queue, remove that shit immediately. <laughs> but but definitely the three the three bangers is Atlanta, 
Um, Love. The Shy. Oh, four. Flint Town and The Shy. There you go. Keith's final four. Yeah, those are my final four. March. Well, shit, I we'll was watching The Killing. Out. You know what I mean? That's your old joint. Oh, well, the Killing is fire. The first two seasons of The Killing <laughs> the is killing. fire. Yeah. What's I, The Killing? What's that? That's the one with the um, Kevin Bacon? Ain't no bacon on that one. Nah, no Kevin Bacon on that? What's, what's The Killing? I know, um, I know the Kevin, I forgot the Kevin Bacon shit is called, um, but basically the killing is about these two, these two detectives and they just, they investigating the murder. But then, you know, every classic detective show, each, each detective is dealing with their own shit. So one is like a, um, doesn't have custody of his daughter and the wife went somewhere and he's like, I probably used to be a drunk or something. The other one kill somebody or they could have saved somebody from dying something like that but basically they it's a very dark and gloomy show but um the main plot is that they're investigating this murder and then there's like political shit going on and whatever and these two detectives were put together they don't necessarily like each other at least at first so that's pretty much the killing but it's dope it's um it's a good it's a good crime drama Oh, you know what I was thinking of? The Kevin Bacon shit's called The Following. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Following. Yeah. I've seen a few episodes. It's, it's not my thing, but it's good Fox TV. That, that came on Fox, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's good. When I seen it, it was on Netflix. Yeah, it's not my thing. I mean, you could... I don't know how to describe the shows that I like, but it's not like... It's a good Fox show. It's like um, Empire. It's like... Um, what's another good Fox show that I... It's, pretty good but it's not my th- you know what i'm saying man it's just, it's just not my thing yeah, yeah no, no i get what you're saying like it, it can't quite go cable so it can't get crazy like a cable show would get so they get as crazy as they can exactly network television network they don't have patience to like let let um characters and 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 plots develop and give these moments of silence and by silence i mean like we're not something's not going on all the time like empire something's always going on from second to second oh 24 is another one 24 is a, a really, really good oh, yeah. Fox show, yeah, but it's not something it's not something I enjoyed. I watched a few seasons, but it's nothing. Um, but yeah, so that's my TV recommendations, y'all. Really, you really need to check those out. No, no, shout, shout out to that. Let's uh let's get to the rest of the podcast. That was TV Talk with Keith. And now we're gonna switch it to everybody's favorite segment, Sweeping the Nation. Have you heard? So my plicker might read an article, might hear something, might see something, and I'll come and bring it to the rest of the podcast, see if uh, A.O. Nish and Keith have heard. So first up, yeah, have you heard the Breakfast Club interview with the Bodega Boys, Jesus and Mero? Uh, during that interview, actually it starts off with DJ Envy kind of pressing them about a segment that they did on their show about uh, Envy and his wife. Um, it was a clip of Envy and um, his wife Gia on... I want to say it's the talk, but I, I might be mispronouncing the or the real, right? Is that what, I think the show with a uh, T and Tamara, one of them. Yeah, on the real. I think it's called the real. Yeah, yeah it was on a clip. Yeah, I, and I never seen the episode. I didn't know why he was on there, if, if what the purpose of him being on there was. But it looks like he was just talking about um, his infidelity issues that he had a few years back, and his wife was speaking on it as well. And and Diaz and Mero did what they do. They made fun of a clip. You know what I mean? I didn't think they got too personal, but. Um, there was a line in there where Envy's like, uh, outside the house I was Rashawn. Sorry, in the house I was Rashawn, but outside in the streets I was DJ Envy. Um, and his wife responds with saying, I didn't know DJ Envy. And I believe it was Jesus, um, you know, they do the freeze frame and then they start talking. And I believe Jesus was like, but you knew DJ Envy's check though. Which, you know what I mean? Um, 
<laughs> I guess I'll start, I'll start it off with, with everything. Like, if you put something out there, you also got to be responsible for it. Um, people are comedians, and, you know, that's their platform. I think I made the same point last week with me and um, Nisha talking about Monique um, and Charlemagne doing the donkey of the day, me saying I'm not really for pe- you calling people donkeys. Uh, same thing here, but I don't understand how Jesus and Meryl could have avoided that. I, I believe they, they had thought that they were cool with, uh, with Envy enough to make that comment. I don't think they felt like they were talking about his family or his... Uh, Something that wasn't already out there for public consumption because he wasn't on a talk show, but um, and we felt some type of way about it, um, addressed it, and then actually walked out during the middle of the interview and have left oh, Angelique and Charlemagne. Yeah, yeah. And about like five minutes later, he just gets up and walks out, um, and doesn't come back. He doesn't return or anything. But it's still a good interview, nonetheless. I don't. I, like I said, uh, that, and I think I was talking to Keith in the pre-show. That that kind of felt more like his wife felt some type of way about it. And you know his wife was like when maybe you, really upset by it, but yeah. it was like oh, a word you about to have these niggas on your show today. When they pull I'm gonna up, need you, you to know. Bring that up. Word. When yeah. they pull up, you better say something. You better represent. You know what I mean? She put the duffel bag in his chest and was like, you know, go handle that. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like I said, I don't know. If it, it, and Envy seems like a, like a real family guy, so certain things he might just not want out there, and, and he knows there's but so much he can control. I mean, and I think he felt like that was one of the situations he could control, so he yeah. felt like. Making it, I didn't really approve of it. I think Jesus and Meryl funny. I also thought Envy could have did that not on air if he really felt some type of way about it. They could have, he could have spoke to them before the cameras went on or before I mean, the radio shit went on. But, but it's always been a thing. Felt, like, it's, always, it's always been a thing though about like everyone always says how uh, Envy ain't really about that life, and you know what I'm saying. Charlemagne has always been known as the tougher of the two. You know what I'm saying. So I think. Um, he was and Charlamagne like, got snuffed in, in public, so yeah, <laughs> that's so, what that's saying about Envy. Well, true true indeed, but, you know, I, I do believe that uh, this was definitely an opportunity for Envy to stick his chest out a little more, you know what I'm saying? And he has been going on different runs with uh, his wife and stuff like that, just talking more openly about it, you know, their their past uh, relationships and they, they have and a they have a podcast yeah, out, so I'm assuming they that's a, what they were promoting. Yeah, they have a podcast. Um, I'm not okay. too sure if they have a book coming out or whatever. I know they are looking to take everything to the next level because I actually was watching the um, the, well, listening to their podcast that they had with uh Safari. They had him on okay. as a special guest, but either way, um, I don't know. I, me personally, I don't I don't think he should have got up and left. But if he felt as though he was going to do something uh, physical, then I can understand why he got up and left. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, too, like you said, the Bodega Boys, like, come on, like it ain't even those like Jesus and Meryl be clowning everybody, and not for nothing. You work on a show, Envy, where you know your man's does you the clown today. Yeah, like y'all <laughs> y'all do different things and say different things too. You know, but like he did say, like his. And, and- People people have pressed them about that. Exactly. Like when people get there, like, yo, you said you said this. So yeah. So, but my thing is this: you knew that they were gonna come on, and you said whatever, or whether they whether they came on the show or not, for you to address that, like, it's just like dogs, like, you know what I mean? Don't get up and leave. That's your home. You know what I mean? Like, I I be. Damn. I think what what I'll say is um they they and what I took it as is they were kind of like trying to move on past it. Like they was like, I right, envy. We didn't know you felt this way. All right, that's cool if you feel that way. Miro sympathized with him because Miro's married and has kids, and he's like, I understand completely if my wife felt some type of way about something, I'd do the same thing. But and then Miro made a joke like a couple minutes later. He was like, Yo, you know, we're, we're about to get into some new things. We're about to do a celebrity boxing with envy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know what I'm saying? Wrong. Like. <laughs> Yeah, but Envy looked like he was really tired about it. He's like, yeah, I love that. I would love that. And then, you know what I'm saying? So I think Envy might have felt like, yo, if they keep making jokes about this, I'm going to, like, 
feel like they didn't take me serious. So I think that's why he. I, and I'm 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 speculating here. That's why he removed himself from the situation. But um, how you how you felt about it, Keith? Oh my bad, man. I was fixing my microphone. Oh, no, you good? It's, I can I can edit this, so you know. All right. okay. What's wrong with my shit? Man, I might have to hold my shit like a game show host now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you you cracking on everybody's mic. Was he talking about Kobe before? <laughs> 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 you what was that Kobe talk? You gotta keep Kobe all of this, though. You gotta keep Word all of up. this. A-I-W-A? Y'all ready? We ain't ready that nigga. We keeping this. My mic stand was fucking up. My shit was falling over and shit. I was just about to take my shit out and just start doing my shit like a freestyle rapper. Do my shit like Bunny Rabbit. Overstock.com. <laughs> but yeah, man. Fuck with um, that good Amazon shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, how you felt about it, though? Um, <laughs> it was uh Oh, man, yeah, man. The first thing I thought was Envy know who to say that shit to. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. He know who the fuck yep. to say that shit to. Um, yeah, Jesus and Mara are from the hood, but they not one of those hood dudes who... They not they, about that. They, they're of the hood, but they're not... Hood, you know what I'm saying? Like they're from, they had to act as hood as they had to when they were in in the hood when they were banging like banging with people like that. Well, well, when you say he knows who to say that to, I feel like if a rapper would have said that, it, it, it might have even been a, a totally different situation. Like I feel like he t- he pressed them on air because he was like, well, they did it on their TV show. But I feel like it'd be worse if a rapper would have said that. Like he would have had to like really do something. I feel like because like why are you even mentioning me? Like at least. They had some type of reasoning for mentioning him, but so you mean like would he not press another comedian? You feel like, or just specifically? He want to press other people that that like really weren't about that. That's just like the the bully in school. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know who to do that to and who not to do that. That's why I said like if you look at Envy's like when you really look at everything between Charlemagne and Envy and uh, Angela Yee, like the dynamics of them, you know, like Angela's more of like the you know, sympathetic can relate with you and, you know, won't really be all crazy heavy. She'll crack more jokes. Charlemagne's more of the aggressive, you know what I'm saying? And Envy, Envy be, like, oblivious on, like, beef stuff, like, sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't really have always, like, a strong opinion on stuff, you know what well, I mean? I feel pop, like sometimes that's the play side, you know? They, they, Go ahead, they're all strong into, well, to that point, before I continue, uh, they're all strong into their brand and I, I I see, which is appropriate. Just like you yeah. said, you described all of their brands, and Envy is like a tries to position himself almost like a journalist. Like yeah, a he's Anderson a DJ, Cooper. so he go. He, yeah, he's gonna go to these different places. So you know what I mean? Like they don't. I mean, they all get their bookings, but like you know, he deals more and more with artists direct. You know. Yeah, he's more like an Anderson Cooper type. But uh, back yeah. to the knowing who to say that shit to. This is a marrow. They only act as hood as they need to to act. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, I'm so, sure somebody could call me hood, but I damn sure ain't hood now. You know what I'm saying? I ain't been hood mm-hmm. for a, a good twenty seven years. I was hood when I was five years old. <laughs> I was since then. I was like, nah, man, this ain't for me. B. I got into one fight, and I was like, nah. I mean, I won, but I was like, this shit is tiring, kid. My forehead hurt. But yeah, son, dropped a thug tear afterwards. <laughs> dropped a little thug tear. I cried and shit. I like, I can't be crying. I can't be a thug. But um, yeah, he knew what to say that shit too. By the way, he released a statement afterwards. I think he released it to TMZ, or at least TMZ reported it. They were he was basically like, you know, I had to I had to press them in public. That's pretty much what he said. That's the gist of his statement. I had to press them in public. Oh. I pressed them, and that's it. I had to walk out. I didn't really like the situation. 
and he pressed them in public and they apologized and see see people enter and it's like a relationship people enter a conflict you got to enter a conflict for the right reasons you should enter a conflict to be heard to be understood as best as you can be understood but some people enter hey. just for the sake of let me just light this shit on fire and hope that the fire they they could add to the fire and that's what he wanted he wanted them to to be like fuck out of here why are you talking like that i ain't no bitch i'm not going to apologize that's what, that's what he wanted but they they acquiesced real quick. They said, "Oh, I, I didn't even know you was hurt like that." If so, then I'm sorry, man. I didn't know. I got a family. I understand what it's like. It was, and and he didn't accept that. I'm like, "What more can you want?" Yeah, that's the thing. Like, why you brought it up? They apologized. Like, what do you want at that point? That's why I felt like it wasn't he. It wasn't really him. It wasn't no, that serious. I felt more like he had to do that for his yeah. for his lady. You got to play the Tyrese drop, man. What exactly. more do you want from me? <laughs> and then even on uh on MV's Twitter, he even said like, "Yo, I wish they had the same energy to my face." Like they wasn't punking down in the in the interview when they was at the Breakfast Club. Like nah, they was they cracking jokes while he was in the room, and they didn't get tough when he walked out. And they were like, "Yo, what is going on here?" Like we really confused by this. Like Mer- even Deezus seemed like a little bit more offended, but Deezus was the one who made the statement. You know what I mean? Mero Mero seemed to really like get over it kind of quick because Mero was like, "Yo, I chased down some dude who almost hit my wife and called him called her a bitch." And Charlamagne's like, "That is not this situation. Like, what are you talking about?" You know what I'm saying? But um. I, that's the whole thing. I think me. So if I if, if I'm really mad at somebody, I don't. If I'm gonna talk to you when you walk in the room, I'm not gonna sit there and act cool. And it starts off. He calls him dickhead and pussy at the beginning of the thing. And I was like, Yo, Envy could talk like that. Like I didn't even know that they could talk like that on the radio. Um, and that's like the first thing. The first thing he says from jump, Yo, uh, dickhead and pussy. And and then he gets right into it. And I'm just like, Yo, that's I don't know. That's a, that's a bit. Yo, extra. man. Other dudes would have went off on it. Like there's some dudes who don't care where they they don't know where they at when they when they mind get into a certain frame Jesus and Mero as goofy as they are they when you look at them they complete professionals you know what I'm saying when D, uh Jesus is the black one right that shows how much I, Jesus know. Black I, I, one, yeah. I need to do get my Leonard on right now but yeah man we're talking about me or shit. <laughs> <laughs> but nah Jesus Jesus is like yo man I mean when you look at he was mad but He's mad, like they both of them are just mad professionals, goofy as they are. They mad professionals. He's like, yo, y'all invite me down here, I'm gonna do a show. Nobody told me I'm gonna, I'm gonna get pressed like that on the radio. Start off calling me dickhead and shit like that. And then he has a point, like that was so unprofessional. They on the air. I mean, luckily, the the um type of show they are and the genre of show they are, they they can they have some latitude where somebody could do something like that and it's all good. But like Jesus, like if he he that makes him not want to come there again. Yeah, he said that in the interview. Yeah. Like, like, why? And then why would? And he would. He was like, I would have had envy on our show. It's like, why would I? I don't know what type of energy he's coming with now. Like, why would we want to do that? And like I said, and I felt like they would have received it better if it was been off air because they're like cool with Charlemagne. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if if Keith brought somebody to like the podcast that I had a problem with. I'm not gonna wait till we all sit down. Y'all ready to record? All right, three, two, one. Yo, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have just. If, if if I didn't want them to be on the air, or, or Charlemagne even said it. I remember Nish last episode, you brought up the Troy Ave interview that Charlemagne wasn't at. He was like, "Why didn't Envy just sit out the interview if he was gonna do all that?" You know what I mean? Yeah. He should have just sat out and let them do it. But like a baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Like you talking about baby Birdman baby or like a actual baby? No, actual baby. But shout out the baby too. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta clear up who, who's talking about what, man. It's like saying you got Kobe headphones, or you talking about the greatest, the greatest shooting guard ever? Nah, nigga, I'm talking about C O B Y the cheap shits. But yo, niche, you about to dip, right? No, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I got dip. Y'all keep it rocking though. No doubt, Miss Perfect Touch is out of here. All right, peace out. Yo, stay up, stay up. Now you uh. You see with the the Birdman shit, Birdman did it before the show started. He didn't even know that all that shit was on game on camera and being recorded. Word, like niggas black out, but that's part of like Birdman as as much of a mogul he is, he ain't no buttoned up and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's good. Like he's you know he didn't have to be. He was he's a self made. He's truly self made and all that shit. So so you know he doesn't have. He never had to. Answer and button up for nobody, but Jesus and Mero used to through their whole shit, through their entire shit, even with the smoking and everything. They remain professional. They know the the standards and practices and all this shit. Mero said in the interview, he's like he quoted Killer Season. He was like, none of this shit was scheduled. He's like, I wasn't. We never thought that we'd be on TV and be comedians. So we're learning as we go along. You know what I mean? And he's like, all like for if if all of it were to go away today, we still won. You know what I mean? We still. Were, ex- exceeded our expectations so i don't know like i said i, I just not, i don't want to say nothing about envy like what when y'all were telling me about it i thought that he got he reacted to something that they said when they got there which i was kind of like that's kind of weird you know what i mean but um knowing that he already had that energy and he seen something like i said he could have called him he could have pulled him aside he could have said something to him it sounded like Miro knew that something was, was up already from um when he had spoke to joe button or whatever but he didn't know the specifics of it so it was just kind of like i felt like it could have been done off it but that's enough you know what i mean it's, it's it is what it is yeah people move on i'm sure they're gonna be good without it but um damn i wish we could have got to this when niche was on the phone but i was gonna see if uh, another have you heard um about the kansas city royals general manager his name is uh, Dayton Moore. Make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah, Dayton Moore. And uh, he actually, uh, what's the word I want to use? Mandated that his minor league team, and which is, you know, the whole the whole farm system, the minor league players that are in the, the Kansas City thing, uh, Kansas City Royals uh, baseball organization, as well as he couldn't mandate and he couldn't make it mandatory that the major league players go, but he strongly suggested that the major league players attend uh I guess will be, for lack of a better word, an anti-porn seminar. Mm-hmm. Um, he made them go to a seminar that was hosted by a group called Fight the New Drug. Um, and it, basically the message was that porn is... Basically, they're saying that the, the, based on their evidence, which is, has been refuted by science, but <laughs> based on their evidence, um, they feel like pornography rewires the brain. It's no different from uh, drugs and alcohol. Um, basically, like, if you start watching porn too early, the same way you start drinking or smoking marijuana too early, they believe you're going to become addicted. Your brain will start craving it. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I just don't. There's a whole lot, a whole lot messy with this. Um, and we had a debate on the show a few episodes ago, like, porn... I, we don't know if porn's healthy or not. We don't know if it's bad for you or if it's as an actual health risk. Uh, there were actually scientists that were refuting this one website. They call Fight the New Drug. There were scientists that said that is totally not true, that porn does not have the same effect on your brain as uh, alcohol or even marijuana. You know what I mean? And that um, they're putting false information out there, basically. All right. 
Yeah, they uh said based on our expertise in neuroscience and neuroscience and clinical psychology, we find that find the new drug is systematically misrepresenting science. Um, so when it comes across to me as like Wait, who, these people who, have more of a more which organization is that re- refuting the the um that claim? It was an editorial in, sorry, it was a group of eight neuroscientists okay. who were part of a um editorial in a 2016 Salt Lake Tribune editorial. Okay. Okay. But it's like, so it's, it's coming across to me like now people are kind of putting false news out there, false facts, kind of because they have a morality issue with porn. Um, and I'm like, that's dude, that's like super dangerous for you to be doing that at your organization. But how you feel about about all that information? Well, there's two interesting thing, two interesting things here, right? How how hurtful is pornography? And the second one mm-hmm. is private organizations getting into politics. So the first thing is how hurtful is porn? We discussed a little bit about that um, in a previous episode, but <clears throat> I truly believe that it's, it's truly hurtful to make that some kind of like focal point to cure all of society. I think that's false, and I think that the wait. So, so you feel that porn is is dangerous or not dangerous? You saying? I think it's it's how you define danger. It's the same thing as when people say phones are dangerous. How do you define danger? If I'm sending if I, if I send a you up text, is that going to get me killed? Maybe. Maybe whoever I'm texting got a boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? So Got you. So for the individual, for what, what, is, it, it's is it detrimental? Yes, for sure. It is definitely. I think it is mm-hmm. definitely de- detrimental because there's all kinds of studies here and there, not necessarily in one study where they prove a bunch of things, but here and there you'll see stuff like um, it messes with your perception of sex it messes with all kinds of dominant stuff how you perceive your your expectations of a sexual partner your expectations of yourself all these different things have been have been altered by pornography so now that we have so much access to it like a bunch of people got to have some crazy porn addictions you know what i'm saying like just just feeding and now it's probably like a bunch of people got porn addictions that they don't even realize that it's porn addictions because their lifestyle is so it's just so common and mundane just consuming mm-hmm. lots and lots of porn so I, I think that when a political organization or like some kind of faith based organization does a study like this to say that this has scientific uh, ramifications particularly negative scientific ramifications to health and all that stuff it sucks because there, there could be some good stuff somewhere in all them results, but it's undermined by the fact that they're religious or they're, excuse me, they're political and they're throwing in mm-hmm. facts. So let's say, let's say 40% of this stuff is just made up or just politically driven. That's uh, too mm-hmm. much to be politically driven, but there could be 60% of it that's pretty valid. But the fact that there's 40% in there that's trash, it, it, it pretty much undermines every fact that comes out of it. So um, do okay. I think that porn is harmful? I think it is, depending on how it's used. But, you know, I don't, then, okay, so now that bridges us to the second part of it where there's private organizations putting through political stuff. So now he's using these results from a partisan organization to say, I'm going to have my baseball team go through porn training because I believe it's detrimental to them. That's messed up. Like, yeah. that's the messed up part. You know what I'm saying? So, I'd be a little tight if, like, I had to, if I showed up to work today and they were like, yo, y'all gonna watch a porn seminar. 
like, and then first of all, we're baseball players, dude. We probably got way bigger addictions <laughs> than porn. Like, right. professional baseball players. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I would just be like, yo, this is a waste of my time. But nobody's going to say that because he's the GM. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? He could trade him away. So nobody's going to say something to offend him. But that's got to offend somebody, bro. Like, what if you don't, what if you don't even watch porn? <laughs> You're like, yo, I got to sit through this? Work. But yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, it's just like a, I mean, grant, granted, it's his money, it's his organization, he's going to do almost anything he wants to do, but to put... No, it's not. He's the GM. Oh, this is the GM. <laughs> I thought he was the owner. Oh, this, oh I yeah. thought he was the owner. <laughs> yeah. The, the general nah, manager. that's why I, was, I, had, I had to read the article twice and make sure. I was like, yo, this nigga's the general manager. <laughs> and the owner's yeah. cool with that? I'm like, I why did... the owner's cool with it. Yeah, that's, that's, it has to be, yeah, because he's letting them do all this stuff. Like, it doesn't even... Uh, um... He he's part of a method. Sorry, he's part of a non-denominal faith church. Um, but he said he grew up Methodist Christian, and I believe they even said there's electronic signs in the clubhouse that like will advertise a, a private viewing of Paul, Apostle of Christ, at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, for example. You know what I mean? So they're they're not hiding their religious views at all, or their you know what I mean how strongly they feel about them. Um, the gentleman in his article even says sorry, uh, more more the GM. Said state he has a statement here saying when you're committed and relentless about trying to lead and do the right thing and you're presented with information that you think is important to your players to know and you don't do it it'll haunt you I couldn't live with myself if I didn't share this yeah I, I like I don't <laughs> like I, that seemed like a weird statement to me of all like I mean maybe it's not baseball players die of of cancer like of you know yeah. what I mean from chewing tobacco and that, that would feel like a much bigger <laughs> bigger things to focus on, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but maybe it's not so. Porn is also like maybe it's not so far out there in Kansas. Like this idea of them doing it, maybe it's not so weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely is where they're yeah where they're located is a little bit um has something to do with why they're allowing it. I don't know where Kansas is at related to the Bible Belt or anything like that, but it, it, you feel like in Middle America, kind of is kind of a thing that that would be accepted more than maybe in Los Angeles or New York. Mm-hmm. Um. I, and I agree with you. I think porn can be dangerous. I think it's also one of those things kind of like weed. Um, alcohol is different, I guess. But but alcohol also, because there's somebody that can drink crazy all weekend and then go back to work on Monday and not drink again for another two months. You know what I mean? And then there's some people who just have to have a drink. They have a drink on Saturday, and next thing they know, they're drinking after work on Monday, after work on Tuesday. So everything affects everybody differently. Um, and I think porn falls in that category. Um, I'm also feel like you should put information out about addiction and not even addiction, more so like usage and 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 trends that you're seeing going on because people were afraid to talk about this type of stuff before. So now that we are a little bit more open about it, let's let's discuss these things. Let's talk about it. Um, but I think at a certain point you're kind of like because this is like the opposite of the uh, porn literacy course that we discussed a few weeks ago. This is like literally saying, "Nah, son, you should not watch." <laughs> Watch this, and I feel like I, that's definitely not the place of a general manager. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not appropriate for that workplace. Yeah, and it's not the it's not the general manager's a coach, so it's not that guy's place to do something like that. But um, mm-hmm. as far as private industries putting through like personal type thoughts, like uh, Phil Jackson bringing in Buddhism, so he didn't call he might not may not have called it Buddhism, but bringing in like um, certain meditation and mindfulness principles into practice and stuff like that. Maybe the way he did it, and maybe the, the the mix of people he had, maybe that wasn't so absurd. <clears throat> Him bringing yeah. things, um, I guess, inspired by religion into into his clubhouse or locker room, or whatever. 
So yeah. and even even then, it probably there could have been someone not maybe not offended by it. it was kind of was like, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like I don't see how this relates to basketball and. It probably was somebody, but they weren't going to speak out against Phil Jackson at the time the same way no one's going to speak out about this general manager. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a power thing. Right. And there's some devout Christians that, is, that, that are against, like, if you bring yoga or some shit around them, like, they, not, they don't really fuck with it because they feel like it's worshiping another. Um, oh, do they? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of people. See, but they, it's, it's quite common, actually. Against yoga? Because yeah, yoga. Well, I didn't. They're like. Go ahead. Yoga has, yoga has its roots in. um. I think Southeast Asia. So mm-hmm. it, like it has religious roots as far as like all the mantras and all that type of shit. So anything that gets that, close, some people have their different thresholds for what it is. So one could say that, well, I'm saying, you know, I'm doing yoga, but it's more so a, 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 like a more mental thing than it is spiritual. So I can do it. I don't mind doing it. But some people are like, I, I don't like doing the ohms or if they don't know who you're worshiping or if they want to interpret it as worshiping, they'll say, I'm not going to do it because it's like worshiping somebody else's God. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with him, you know, doing Christian things in the workplace. It, it gets close to, um, in this, according to the article, dangerously close to keeping a separation between church and state because they were, they got public funds last year from the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to build their stadium, so it's 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 very dangerous to that. They were saying, but as a Christian, if I were, I work for a Jewish company uh, at, my, at my day job, so it's like if they were gonna have temple or something like that, uh, for for their Jewish uh employees, I think I'd kind of be like, so what do the rest of us do? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you're gonna do one for one, you should have equal for every everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Or just stay away from it altogether, and that's that's kind of like how I feel. Like if I, well, what if I was a Muslim player on that baseball team? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how would would that would that make me feel uncomfortable? With the porn, and even the, the porn, porn stuff, just the, the religious stuff going. Right, right, right. No, just the religious yeah, stuff. That's the um, thing. It's, whether it's being pushed onto you or not, the fact that it's just there for you to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had a judge in uh, Alabama who he ended up running for Senate and losing, but he used to put like the ten, take these big placards and put them up in his courtroom with the Ten Commandments and all these different. Um, religious Christian stuff, put it all over the courtroom uh-huh. and like people, you know, on a few occasions, people like, like a sidebar say, hey, can you like take that down or it's not cool or kind of alienates my, my defendant. And he's like, nah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna put it up and like really pushing Christian religion into the courtroom where that's really violating separation of church and state. So yeah, I mean, people, I mean, we can't separate individuals from their f- faith, but I think some people, they alienate people and just don't give a shit about alienating people. In fact, some people even alienate people on purpose. Right up. Uh, and I guess the last thing I want to see, have you heard, was uh, Kevin Love wrote an article for the Players' Tribune um, talking about how he actually suffered from a couple panic attacks during the uh, this season, this current NBA season. He's, he's injured right now. He plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, but he, he mentioned having to like leave in the middle of a game just because he had a um, a panic attack. It's something that happened to him more than once. Um, he wrote an entire article about it. And he stated that he was um, inspired by DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMar DeRozan had tweeted out on the 17th of February, uh, this depression uh, this depression will get the best of me. 
Oh, so this pressure gets the best of me. Um, but left it like that, like a real cryptic tweet. So somebody asked him about it in an interview, like, what did you mean by that? What was going on? And he responded, it's one of those things that no matter how indestructible we look like we are, we're all human at the end of the day. Um, it, it gets the best of you in, refer, in reference to the um, depression. It gets the best of you. There are times every, there are times everything in the world is on top of you, end quote. So um, how do you feel about that? Because that's, that's, that's a new frontier that, that I think is opening up in the athletic um, field. Because um, I guess before maybe that might have been looked at as a stigma. That might have been looked at as a reason to not want to sign Kevin Love. Kevin Love gets paid over $100 million in his contract. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you want to sign somebody that's going to might run out in the middle of a game because they're dealing with a panic attack? You know what I mean? Um, and I, I guess I'll go first. I want to applaud Kevin Love for being open about this because I think um, one issue that we have in this country is we don't, necessarily take mental uh, illness as serious as we have um i mentioned on this podcast a couple times that i i had issues um in, in relationships with people that had mental health issues and it's it's an experience that i feel like i came out of it just viewing it differently like i never had an idea that that things were like this um i even i think i even said on another on a on a, on a different episode that uh that would be a deal breaker for me with like internet dating or something like that if i were to find out that somebody had mental health issues um, even to circle back on that, I think even listening back to the episode, I felt like I didn't even express myself properly. But when with saying that, it was like I I I think a deal breaker for me would be someone with mental health issues, but is not willing to get treatment for it. Is not willing to take, not necessarily even take medicine for it, but at least get some type of treatment and, and admit um, that there might be an issue here and there's something that you have to examine. But sometimes people just don't even want to open those doors. So I. I commend kevin love for even just opening up the discussion and being very open with his issues um about that how you feel about that though i'm, I'm big on health, mental health people looking after themselves if you got health insurance just go you know hook up with a psychologist just like what Miro said on on um the breakfast club interview i i, I went to counseling myself so far i've had something like four different therapists um i love it when i need one i feel like i need i need to give my mental health a little shape up and shave, you know what I'm saying? Get a little pointy sideburns on my personality. I hit up my per- <laughs> I hit up a therapist, you know what I'm saying? They hold me down, help me cope or whatever because there's little there's little problems that happen to you even when you're a kid that you know, the way the way I grew up, you just you just tuck things away. You tuck it away in a box, you close that box tight and you keep it moving. And that's not necessarily a healthy way to go about things. I mean, that song, the Tears of a Clown. Sometimes I felt that way. You tuck stuff away, and and you just go on smiling. You making jokes, and you know, sometimes I got close to certain people, and when we have an intimate conversation, I'd be like, yeah, I feel I'm feeling bad about something, or I feel sad or insecure, or I feel like. Um, Sometimes I feel like I'm not enough and stuff like that. People be like, "What? That's crazy!" Like you, you know, you be having me laughing and blah blah. I'm like, "Yeah, I got you laughing, nigga." But how about me? Who's gonna make Keith laugh? <laughs> nah, but for real, <laughs> that's true though. Yeah, no. Well, Robin Williams would be an example of that too. Everybody's like, "Well, Robin Williams is always making jokes. How could he?" And my man hung himself. You know what I mean? So yeah, Chris um, Farley needed drugs to get by, and he he overdosed. You know what I'm saying? Like Pete, that, it's it's. It's it's interesting, and there's, I don't know, I feel almost like um, a lot of people, like, for one reason or other, like, geniuses be having issues on a lot. I don't know if it's because they keep having to tuck things away because they have so much work to do that they don't have time to deal with stuff, 
But a lot of geniuses have sometimes have issues. You look at Kanye West, he's kind of, I don't know if he has diagnosed or clinical issues, but clearly he's not typical, right? Like he rubs people the wrong way. Kevin Love, he's, he's a star basketball player. He's one of the best basketball players in the entire world. He has money. He's a good-looking guy. Um, he has youth, and yet he gets panic attacks. Imagine that. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm high on people looking after themselves. Some people think that some traumas are too small. It's never too small. If you got the means to do it, then go ahead and do it. If you don't have the means, find a cheaper way to do it. Read a book, sit down, meditate. I just downloaded two apps. One is called Headspace. The other one is called Calm. I started um, trying meditation as a practice. Like, you just got to keep looking after yourself. So I, I think it's dope that he came out and wrote that because when you think about manhood or, like, the, the ath- p- professional athletes, especially those in contact sports, they're, like, this icon or emblem of, like, manliness or strength. So not necessarily just manliness, but that thing in our country or in our society that says this is how to be strong. Athletes is like mm-hmm. that. You body another person. If the other person falls that and you're still standing, that means you did good. Um, hiding your weakness, something bad happens, just taking it, dudes playing with cuts over their eyebrows and stuff like that. All that shit works in sports. It doesn't necessarily work out there in real life. So this Kevin Love article is what's up. Yeah, yeah. And he even says uh, mental health isn't just an athlete thing. Uh, What you do for a living doesn't have to define who you are. This is an everyone thing, which is true. You brought it up, um, Kevin Love, and you mentioned Kanye. And like honestly, the correlation that I could see between the two of them is that they're both like the 1%. You know what I mean? Right. Of basketball players. Kanye's like in the 1% of musicians that made it to the point that he's he's made it. And I think sometimes you feel like you can't talk to people because you feel isolated. Sometimes you feel like maybe the people that are around you don't fully understand what you're going through as much as you can explain it to them. Even sometimes, like, when, in our group of friends, sometimes uh, motherfuckers will be talking about something and I'm just like, I'm not really on what they're talking about, so I'm just going to let them rock out and then you know other times i'll be more into the conversation because it'll be stuff that i'm I'm, i want to talk about but i could imagine that sometimes these individuals feel very isolated like they can't talk to their group of friends at all because how will they ever understand what they're going through you know what i mean um yeah also another point you brought up i have family members i have family members who i said yeah you know they went through a lot and they always yelling and, and complaining to me and i you know friends could lend a good ear even the best listener or the best you know the the best of your friends who are good at that type of stuff, talking you down from, from when you're having tough times, sometimes they have their limitations because they're not trained at this type of shit. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, you should go see a professional or, or whatever. And, and she's like, well, what, what, what could they understand about me? What my experience is unique. I'm like, your experience is not as unique as you think. And these people are trained to do these, these things as far as talking to you and really getting, to the bottom of what's going on or what's wrong and how can we work on making it better or at least managing it. And people feeling that they don't have that person to talk to sometimes is false. In their head, they think they're unique in their pain. You were one of the first people, I think, that like actually were, were very open about, yo, you know what I mean, go try therapy. Um, you can do that. And it's, it's huge. One, this podcast is therapy, you know what I mean? Just looking back over the... Uh, I guess it's a little bit more more over a year that we've been doing this now. And I'm like, there's stuff that I've got to discuss here that I can't even see what other platform I would have had to discuss these things. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's able to express my emotions. That's a good thing. Even 
yesterday I was having a, a, a conversation with a, a dude I work with, and um, I was just telling him, it was, it was like my daughter, she had went to go visit my, my parents. Um, her, her, her other grandparents took her over there, and he was like, well, why didn't you take her? And I like sat there and thought about it for a second. I really didn't have a good answer. And it's like, that's the good part about talking to people sometimes is that they're going to, if you're to yourself, you can make excuses all day, even going back to the addiction thing that we were talking about. You could be addicted to something in front to yourself all day, but it's when somebody asks you those questions or points certain things out to you that you weren't willing to look into that mirror and look at that reflection, it really puts you on like, damn, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I step up to the plate and do that? You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, and even if you're not dealing with mental health issues or, or, or you are, just don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Or, or if you don't have that person in your life, Make it your life mission to find someone that you could open up to because I, I, I don't take it for granted. It's a blessing every day to have a group of friends that I know I can turn to when I'm going through something. You know what I mean? And they're not going to judge me. They're not going to tell me, oh, you're stupid for this or, damn, you made that same mistake again. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll actually listen because there was a point in time when I was going through some crazy stuff and, and, and you know what I mean? My friends were there for me to listen. And I don't know how I would have made it through without those moments. You know what I mean? So I'm huge on that, man. Shout to Kevin Love. Um, shout out to everybody out there who's going through something. Even Logic had a song about it. Uh, it was called, it's called Anxiety on his album, and he he opened up about that. Not he has a new one, a new album out now. But the 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 uh, album that was out before his new this, one is called um, Bobby um, Tarantino. But the other one is that the one where he had the eight hundred. No, that's a suicide one. He has another one about anxiety. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about standing online to go watch a Star Wars movie, and he felt like an anxiety attack, mm -hmm. and just how he couldn't understand how anxiety could. It made him pass out, basically. He couldn't understand how anxiety could uh, cause a physical reaction in him. Um, it's, it's a cool song. It's spelled Anxiety, uh, A-N-Z-I-E-T-Y. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, check it out. It's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cool things going on out there. Um, it's just the fact that people are willing to open up and, and put that mirror on themselves. Um, even Joe Button is very open in like a lot of his music um, about like you know his, his demons and stuff like that. And... I don't know if he necessarily does therapy and stuff like that, but it just shows you like you can't be afraid to face those issues. You know? Yeah. And, um, it, it, once again, shout out to Kevin Love. The, the way I, I I used to describe it to my my therapist, especially when I first started, or whenever I start with a therapist, they would ask me why are you here, and um, one of the things I would explain is that I have a bunch of stuff in my head that you know it kind of knocks around my head, but I wanted to speak to professionals so I could kind of lay it out on a table. You know what I'm saying? Lay it out on a table and organize it almost like the pieces to a puzzle. Because doing mm -hmm. a puzzle, you can't assemble it while it's still in the box. You need to dump it out and kind of organize things. And that's how I feel about the the utility of a therapist. Or it could be a clergy a clergy person. It could be if you happen to have a friend that's that good at listening and that doesn't like talking because a, a lot of friends are laymen. They like to they like to talk. They people like to give advice to hear themselves. Oftentimes, is is not to help you necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. What you like mean. they would give they would give you advice on some shit. Like they'd be like, you know, if it were me, but it's not you. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. um, that's why it's good to talk to a therapist or a clergy person because they're experts at listening. Clergy person. No, and that's a good clergy people less so, but yeah. No, go ahead. That's a good analogy. You uh. You put out there with the puzzle pieces. I never. That's that's dope. Actually, like you're dumping it out, so now it's all on the table, and now you're like, all right, well, now it's time to do it because it's so easy to push things to the back burner, um, in your head. But uh, definitely don't throw this podcast on the back burner because that's episode 27 right there. You know what I mean? So you could take it out the pot and, and go share this shit with all your homies. Go uh, leave a review. You know what I mean? Put a rating on there. 
Do what you got to do. Yeah. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on uh, Google Play Music. You can also check us out on SoundCloud. We're doing big things, big things. And uh, social media-wise, Keith, if they wanted to find you, where would they go? Instagram, at me and my underscore 35. I know if they want to find uh, Miss Perfect Touch, you know where they would go, Keith? I'll be honest with you. I don't know about heart. I just go into my list of contacts. <laughs> just put the at, at, at button with the A. <laughs> no, I feel you, but I do know about heart. It's uh, AO Niche, and that's on Facebook. Uh, that is on Instagram. That is on Twitter. And I believe she's on Snapchat, AO Niche Power on there. So uh, check her out. Uh, you can find me at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-Z-Y on Instagram. One more thing. If, one book that helped me is called The Gifts of Imperfection, written by Brene Brown. Butter's book, set my mind right. Got, you gave me that book. Yeah, well, yeah I, bought the, I bought you that book as a gift. I bought it for a lot yeah. of people. I bought it for my wife before we got married. I read it myself. I just bought it again because I can't remember where, where, where's my first copy, so I bought it again because I'm going to read it again. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely. It definitely set me it set me on a good path. Two books set me to therapy. Not to jump back into the episode, because I know it was closing up, but real quick. Um, two books set me to therapy. Well, that was that book, The Gifts of Imperfection. The second one was uh, My Song, uh, Harry Belafonte's memoir. Because he had a therapist. He was talking about what, how it was good for him. So I said, you know what? Harry Belafonte could do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> nah, that's what's up, man. Definitely mental health is an important thing, so... No problem with you touching back on that. Um, also, check us out on Instagram if you want to check out the whole podcast. Um, you can find us on there at Perfect Talk Radio on Instagram. And yeah, I think that's about everything right yeah, there. Man. You know what I mean? Check Where us out. <laughs> Leave a review. Shout out to the whole entire Money Talks ENT, DJ Show, DJ Sunkiss, uh, Fader G, AO Niche, myself, DJ Playboy. And, you know, shout out to Spec. You know what I mean? Shout out to uh, Bookstore Ricky. Huge fan of the show. We see you, dog. We see you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, got a, you got anything, Keith? You got any shout outs you want to make? Me? Nah, man. Just make sure you watch them TV shows, read them books. Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, my song by Harry Belafonte, The Shy on Showtime, uh, Motherfucking Atlanta on FX, got Motherfucking Love going. on Netflix, Flip Town on, on Netflix, and if you got Irreplaceable You, on your queue, delete that shit immediately. Right now. <laughs> we up out of here. Say goodbye to the people, y'all. Peace.